Hello everyone, my name is Natasha Teyeria and in podcast 4, I will be continuing our conversation about controversies about autism spectrum disorder. But this time, instead of talking about the controversies of the causes of autism spectrum disorder, I will be detailing the controversy about the treatments of autism. As we spoke about in my last podcast, there is a lot of controversy regarding autism spectrum disorder, and even the treatments for autism can be controversial. The subject of the most controversy is chelation therapy, which is a type of therapy where they remove heavy metals from the body, and it is particularly the most controversial amongst the people that believe that thimerosal, which we spoke about in my podcast too, which thimerosal is an ingredient that is included in vaccinations, and it is thought to be the cause of autism. Unfortunately, chelation has not been supported by science as a treatment for autism. In addition, it can be quite dangerous because it led to the death of one five-year-old boy who had autism. Moreover, other treatments are controversial, not for questions of harm, but for questions of their effectiveness. Since autism doesn't have a, like we don't know exactly what causes autism, and we do not know a cure for autism, a, a a child's parent can basically choose different treatments based on what they believe. And as we mentioned in my previous podcast, there are many different theories regarding the causes of autism. But for someone who believes that gluten, you know, GMOs or certain types of sugars causes or may contribute to autism, that parent might put their child on a diet free of the offending foods so they might limit their their cookies they might limit the the gluten they might limit a lot of things as a form of treatment so this could be controversial among those who believe solely genetics or some other environmental factor are the cause of autism But in return, parents who believe that gluten, GMOs, or certain types of sugar are a contributing factor to autism, they might look at the other parents who don't put their child on such diets as basically failing to treat their child. And as we see, the differences of what people believe might be the cause of autism makes the treatments for autism all the more controversial. Another controversial treatment for autism includes aversive treatments. Aversives in itself mean unpleasant stimuli that induce changes in behavior via negative reinforcement or positive punishment. These these two terms that I just mentioned relate to the field of applied behavior analysis, which has been a known effective treatment for autism spectrum disorder. But by applying an aversive 
stimulus immediately before or after a behavior, the likelihood of the target behavior that we are looking to increase or decrease occurring in the future is reduced. So if you present an aversive stimulus, that behavior in the future will be reduced. In the past, specifically in the 1970s, autism was still thought of as a behavioral disorder, not a complex genetic and environmental developmental disease as it is today. Therefore, it was believed that using forms of punishment, as we talked about briefly with aversives, they thought that using punishment would teach children to no longer exhibit the extreme behaviors that are associated with autism, which could be include aggression. So shock therapy as a punishment-based treatment for autism was a huge treatment. It was very mainstream during that period. And what the therapy would look like was that the child was given an electric shock after they engaged in an unwanted behavior. The shock that was administered was painful but not dangerous and it was theorized to reduce the frequency of that behavior through aversive conditioning. This form of behavioral conditioning has produced strong results in reducing unwanted behaviors with minimal side effects, but and but many parents are strong advocates for this treatment as of course it would be effective in reducing unwanted behaviors because who would want to engage in a behavior and receive a shock that you receive a shock for no one would want to do that so obviously a behavior decreased rapidly because of course a child does not want to engage in a behavior that will produce them some type of pain but however as recently as 2016 the u.s federal drug administration which is the fda proposed a ban of the treatment because of ethical concerns regarding potential harm to the child. Of course, as a behavior therapist myself, we are not able to cause any harm to the child. And, you know, we do not offer, we do not shock our our clients at all. We are no longer able to do this. And this practice is no longer accepted. But many people still believe that the most popular and the most effective treatment of applied behavior analytic therapy, they still believe that it's not right, that it's harmful, that we only train kids to respond the way we want them to, which is not the case at all. Applied behavior analysis, also known as ABA, is a scientific approach to understanding behavior. ABA refers to a set of principles that focus on how behavior changes, change or are affected by, by the environment, as well as how learning takes place. The ultimate goal of ABA is to establish and enhance socially important behaviors. Although applied behavior analysis has been the most known, the most known treatment of autism spectrum disorder, 
there was a lot of controversy surrounding the field. Some controversy is that it may be too tough on, too tough on kids. Although we do not use aversive reinforcement anymore, there is still a complaint that ABA therapy, which can involve a lot of repetition, is tough on children and the skills they learn don't necessarily generalize to other situations. This, this is a very known controversy, but if ABA is done effectively, we, we help the child generalize these skills to other individuals in other places and across other behaviors. That is one of the principles of ABA. Another controversy surrounding the field of applied behavior analysis is that it may be too focused on eliminating behaviors, but at least in our case, the company I work for, we do not focus on eliminating behaviors. A lot of the times our clients struggle with things such as eye contact or sitting still or not stimming. Stimming is a type of self-stimulation which can be hand fl um, flapping their hands, you know, shaking their leg or even vocal stereotypy. But we do not focus on eliminating these behaviors. Instead, we focus on teaching them the behaviors they need to be successful and independent in the future. Critics of ABA believe that practitioners are trying to eliminate the behaviors that makes them that makes these children different from their peers and we want them to appear we want autistic people to appear like indistinguishable from their peers we want them to act the same as as their peers do and that's not really the case we want them to be able to be successful at like their peers or like an individual who does not have the disorder not that we want to make them different or make them a type of robot as some critics of applied behavior analysis have stated all in all there are many controversies about the treatments of autism spectrum disorder we are lucky enough to have so many treatments of autism but it is up to the ultimately up to the parents to choose what is best for their child. Although applied behavior analysis is the most effective evidence-based practice to date, not everyone believes that and that is okay. We must be willing to accept the differences of opinions between parents and understand and understand them. They are going through very hard times, you know, having to having to understand their child who has a disability and we should be able to allow parents to freely choose the best treatment for their child. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed.